Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, brought to you by Specrite. Specrite wants you to envision a world without waste. Join the movement at specrite.com backslash PKG. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost. That's right. It's the Packaging Pastor. My name is Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can subscribe to my newsletter and paid subscribers get special little perks. You can do that at PackagingPastor.com or PackagingIsAwesome.com. Both of them will take you to where you want to go. I also want to talk to you before we get to this episode, and this is an awesome episode with Tyler and with Sana, and we're going to talk about this idea of uh, of dry molded fiber and the impact that that can have on the world. It was a super fascinating conversation. And and also Tyler and Sana, thank you so much for your patience with me on getting this episode out. But I think it is the right time and the right moment uh, to, to get this out. So before I get to that, I wanna talk to you real quickly about my friends at Spark Packaging. They are a newer uh, sponsor and supporter of the podcast. And what a time, speaking of like the right time and place, the packaging industry is just in such dire need of what Spark Packaging provides. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people who are sick and tired of the same positions at their plants consistently being open, or they're just not being filled. And, you know, maybe your facility just isn't retaining talent due to having dedicated recruitment support. If you need contact to hire support, or if you're looking to hire directly for industry professionals, Spark Packaging can help. Spark Packaging is the industry partner who provides all your recruitment and staffing needs. If you're hearing this and you're like, hey, guess what? Hey, llama. <laughs> hey, that's me. Then you need to go to sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring. Spark Packaging Inc. S-P-A-R-K-P-A-C-K-A-G-I-N-G-I-N-C.com backslash hiring. Answer some questions and a Spark team member will reach out ASAP. And listen, if you do it, just tell them that I sent you over there, and that would be super groovy, all right? Thanks so much to Spark Packaging and to Specrite for all of their support for this content. And, you know, we're, we're 100 and however many, 160-plus episodes into this thing, and it's been quite a fun ride. So check out sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring. You can also check out specrite.com backslash PKG. And, and it really helps me to support uh, this podcast and to keep it going. So I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for helping me pay some bills. And without further ado, let's get to this interview with Tyler and Sana. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is a fun uh, multiple person interview here on the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, I am joined by Tyler Brysaf. He is the managing director which means that he manages to direct things at, at Seismic Solutions. That sounds like a really fun, ambiguous title to have. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a whole lot that goes into being the managing director, right? But it's just, I think yeah, you're the first a... managing director I've ever had on, actually. Well, well I'm, I'm glad to be the first, but to that point, yeah, there's a lot of uh, general ambiguous work that goes into the general, general ambiguous title. So yeah, uh, happy to talk once... through it a bit more. I was once the general manager of uh, my uncle's 
the packaging design and distribution company called Peak Packaging Solutions, who's been on this podcast. And uh, I would just tell people, like, I generally manage to do things. That's my job. Uh, so, Tyler, thanks for coming on. And then I also have Sana Fogger, and she is the Chief Commercial Officer at Pullpack. Sana, welcome to the People of Packaging podcast. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is this is great. So, uh, Sana, you are in Sweden. Is this did, did I get that right? Okay. Yes. That's um, and and Tyler, are you in Chicago? Is that correct? Correct. So kind of basically the same. Yeah. Um, Sweden and Chicago are pretty pretty much <laughs> not not super alike. Uh, so Sana, I I wanna um, first of all, why don't we just do some quick introductions here, um. You know, obviously, you know, your name and your title is is important, but that's kind of the least interesting thing um, that I find about people. So uh, maybe, Sana, can you just tell the audience, like, how did you get into a this role at Pullpack? And we're going to dig into what Pullpack is and how you're disrupting this this packaging industry. But how did you get into this uh, this world of uh, what were we, is it dry molded fiber? Is that the is that the proper term? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what we are doing at Polpak, basically, and as you said, we'll go into this later on as well. But it's it's in some sense disrupting the industry uh, here. So we are working with the um, R and D and the invention regarding dry molded fiber, which is a new way of produce sustainable packaging and uh, products here. I'm basically a mechanical engineer from uh, the beginning, which are quite many. Uh, of us uh, here uh, at Polpak, I would say. So my journey was basically I stumbled into this industry and to the to a Polpak based on working with other disruptive uh, technologies previously, actually. I really like the the work that we are doing, the team that we are here at uh, Polpak, and the the ambitious goal we have set out to do here. That's great. Uh, and how long have you been at Polpak? Uh, around three years, actually, okay. soon four. And, Basically, Pulpax yeah, is a quite young company, uh, started as an own identity in 2018. Uh, so I started 2019. Okay, great. Um, and and Tyler, you do not work for Pulpac, uh, as as was mentioned in the um, in the introduction. So why don't you kind of introduce yourself as well and uh, why you're not just here as a pretty face, but you're also uh, if people listening to this are like, that's not helpful. Uh, yeah. Sometimes have you ever listened to a comedian and he'll like he or she like make a joke, but it's very like physical, and you're just listening to it and you're like, I don't, I don't get what just happened, but everyone's laughing. Um, anyway, so how are how are you? What's your background and how are you connected to the pull pack team? Yeah, so I uh, also have a background in mechanical engineering. Um, but I left that world roughly uh, five years ago to join the family consulting business. And that's, you know, now we're known as the Seismic Group. Um, but in general, at Seismic Solutions, we were created to do new and interesting things in the packaging space, whether that's helping new brands commercialize, helping set up their supply chains, or in the case of Pulpac, we are their de business development partner here in North America. So Pulpac you know, is licensing their technology out to manufacturers. And it's our responsibility to get those agreements executed and then get products commercialized and get help the technology scale here in North America. Um, we're also working with brand owners within our network to kind of create some pull on the market. 
um, and, and make some connections between, you know, the bit budding licensee base. Um, so, you know, that's, re you know, we're kind of boots on the ground for Paul Pack over here. Got it. Okay. Well, that's, that's super helpful. And so let's just answer the quote. We're five minutes in, right? Let's answer the question that a lot of people are asking. Number one, how do you spell pull pack? Cause I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people Googling, um, Google searching, ask Jeevesing, Yahooing, Binging, whatever search engine they choose. Uh, what, what pull pack is, um, and then just talk about it, like, uh, and, and Sana, I want you to start with this, like, what it, what is Pullpack, and how is why how is it really disrupt going to be and currently disrupting the packaging segment? Yep, uh, I'd be glad. And please, uh, please, Tyler, just fill in when you think I missed something. But uh, Pullpack, P U U L P A C. Uh, yep. Basically, uh, that's the name of the company. We have invented and patented a technology called dry molded fiber, which is basically a way of producing fiber-based packaging without the use of water. So you have the traditional way of producing three-dimensional packaging like wet forming. What we are doing is to do the same, but with dry. So we have basically combined two unique, uh, well-established technology in a unique way and that is basically the new thing with the dry molding fiber so in, in instead of using air, uh, water as the carrier of the material we are using air and by doing this we can reduce the cycle times and we can have a really high output and then a speed and this, of course, is one of the key factors to make sure that we can produce or our converters then or uh, um, customers can produce packaging to a competitive cost. Because, again, I mean, we know that everyone today would like to change uh, from uh, plastic and looking into fibers. But the key thing then is, of course, there are a lot of demands. We have, uh, I mean, a lot of uh, legislations and uh, we know that brand owners and end users really would like to use more uh, fiber-based uh, products. But in the end, of course, it must make sense as well from an economical point of view. And here is what the big benefit is on the dry molding fiber technology. Got it. Okay. So, uh, in not being in real, and I've been I've been to a wet molded is that would it be wet molded fiber facility in um, in China before, and the process that I saw was to your point very time consuming. Um, it's very water intensive. It seemed to be very people intensive. It was pretty gross, honestly. It smelled terrible, uh, if I'm being totally honest and transparent. Uh, and this was for really high-end molded yeah. fiber, you know, electrical components and cell phones and things like that. Um, and so you, so your technology allows for a similar output, but at a lower cost, higher speed. Is that what yeah. I have? Okay. Yeah, I would say. I higher output basically when you're talking about volume oh volume yeah i was talking yeah. about quality but yeah volume yeah. for sure okay yeah but of course in the same quality as well quality and wet forming can be a quite wide range of uh, quality uh, but in the same quality high end i would say 
but also then again lowering energy consumption, minimize nearly no water consumption, uh, and of course high automated process, basically. Got it. Okay. And this this currently you you are currently manufacturing only in the EU, or where where is this maybe currently being manufactured? Yeah, so basically what we are doing then at Popac is we are inventing and uh, patents uh, this uh, technology and to really make sure that we can have a great technology, but we don't want to keep this for our own. So basically we are sharing as our business model is around license licensing. So we are licensing this technology then or our patents and know-how to uh, producers that would like to produce. So at Pullback, we are basically, we are not selling any material, any machines or any products. We are basically helping the industry to, to adapt this new technology then and to make sure that we have partners then that can help them to scale. Uh, so of course, we are then dependent also of building a great partnership with already existing industry to make sure that we can leverage, I mean, all the knowledge that are around there when it comes to how to build a good machine, how to make good production tooling. So from Pullpack side, we add the core technology and the core competence on what is dry molding fiber and how does it work basically, and then building a partnership around this to make sure that we can help our licensees to start their own production around this. Got it. And are, and, and are people producing it today then? Or, or yes. ramping up today? Okay. Ramping up. Yeah, we are in the industrialization phase where we are see that our licensees are getting the first machines and are ramping up the production, at least here in uh, Europe. I'm not okay. sure if you would like to uh, tag in Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear about uh, most of our most of our audience is actually in the EU and the US, along with India, uh, is, is kind of where the 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 three major markets are: North America, Europe, and India. At least who listen to the podcast. So, uh, so Tyler, here in the US, then you have uh, I was going to say you're you're trying to make a seismic shift in the industry can i yeah i'm guessing well said that well before. said that's that that's exactly uh what we're trying to do <laughs> um but yeah so in in the us i would say you know some of the trends aren't as drastic especially from the legal standpoint right as far as uh motivating or or mandating people switch to you know out of single use plastics so it, you know, I would say we're a little bit behind the curve there, but as it comes to, you know, pull pack production and products, we should be seeing, uh, you know, our first industrialized, commercialized lines up and running, you know, at this point next year at the very least. Um, so there is pull pack coming to, you know, the U.S. and Canada. There are licensees in place and it's it's very exciting. Um, you know, again, as Sana mentioned, just to put some other, I guess, references to it, when we're talking faster, right, Pullpack is operating on like the three and a half to four second cycle times, whereas most wet molders are, you know, 28 plus seconds, right? Mm. So we're talking a significant magnitude of speed there, in addition to, you know, the other benefits in the energy uh, consumption reduction, as well as the water consumption reduction. Uh, is becoming more and more important part of the story, right? I think a lot of people are trying to not just greenwash, um, they're, they're trying to truly find a sustainable solution. 
And as people look to sustainable materials like wet molded, we'll run into more problems as the energy consumption and uh, maybe more timely water um, plays more of a factor. And with Pulpac, we feel like, you know, we have the ability to address those. And what's interesting is, uh, so one of the um, one of the companies that actually helps support the podcast is a company called Specrite, and they have a partnership with Compass that does LCAs. And pulling in and and they pull in water usage as part of the LCA, right? So there it's it's not simply, and I don't mean simply like greenhouse gas emission is like an afterthought. It's obviously very, very important to look at. But as you mentioned, Tyler, how much water is being used to make your packaging is something that not a lot of people are thinking about. But if you draw that comparison between dry and wet molded, what does it look like from like a water saving perspective, a one-to-one -one ratio? I mean, it, it's drastic. Maybe Sana can put some better numbers to it, but you know, there is, I would say there is some water still necessary in the pulp pack process, just because you're applying aqueous coatings, for example, or you maybe need some moisture present in the pulp to get the bonds that you need. But uh, again, we're talking from something like zero to 30 liters an hour compared to hundreds of liters an hour in yeah. a wet molded process. Per hour, roughly 400 liters per hour, roughly for a wet, uh, for dry, uh, wet, yeah. And of course, as you said, below 10 for um, dry. Wow. Yeah. So, so again, I, I will, uh, what's the Forrest Gump quote? Like, I'm not a smart man, um, but, the so you've got you've got a, a product that's coming out and is is using less you know uh resources water energy um it's outputting at a faster rate which i'm guessing is driving down costs because the volume can be just done at such a at such a more rapid rate so it's so it's less expensive it's better for the environment um what would be what are the things that maybe you would say because I, I i'm a big believer in this that like there's not a single perfect you know packaging form right all of them have flaws so when it comes to like making the impacts that you want to make what are some areas of innovation that you see like okay well we really want to be able to do x in you know, in a few years, I know that you have goals, but to achieve those goals, what do you see happening in the dry molded fiber space? That's like, yeah, we really, we're, we're now replacing, you know, yogurt cups, uh, that we traditionally couldn't even come close to. I, I don't even know if that's a goal, but we'll just say that that was a goal, right? Uh, yeah. I think they're polypropylene typically. So, and you're like, to do that, we know that we need to, what, what is that? What's that next? What's that goal for you, Sana? I mean, the overall goal that we have set out uh, at, uh, for Polpak is basically that we are aiming to have replaced 1 million tons of plastic by 2025. And again, to be able to achieve that goal, we also know that we need to work together with the whole industry in some sense to leverage, as I said, all the good knowledge that all are already existing. And a critical point here, of course, and that's the same thing I would say for all fiber-based packaging, is on the barrier side. Mm. Uh, so we we are heavily uh, involved in the, um, I mean, finding and scouting for the barrier 
market basically to make sure that we can find the good, good collaborations with the barrier companies out in the world that are doing R&D on sustainable barrier. Because this is one of course of the key uh, to make sure that we can, and also go into this with open eyes basically, and to make sure that we also can then rethink what is a product. Because we know that we are changing out from plastic, which is a perfect ma material in some sense, especially when it comes to barrier, but also that is the drawback of it. It will last forever. So our focus will always be what makes sense to address today, what's based on what's available on the market, and how can we make sure that we then develop a good product. So for example, a coffee lid, that you you are using a coffee lid, for example, four hours, maximum four hours. But yeah. today that will end up forever. Uh, but if we can develop a, a product with a barrier that lasts for four hours and then start to get soft, that is the right product to develop because it will make it as sustainable as possible. So that is something that we and are engaging together with. I mean, our licensees and brandos and, and and everyone to push what is the real specification of a product actually got it okay and I would all, makes a ton of sense go ahead tyler yeah well i would just say also with Polpack, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse right there's so many areas of opportunity how do you figure out what to focus on and i think where we're at now is where we're at the point where we need to get products into the market and start building to commercial scale. Uh, but it can be, we can be easily distracted because there are so many opportunities on the barrier side, right? Everyone's looking for PFAS free barriers. Um, and while we can't dictate what licensees ultimately would do, we, we don't want to use PFAS in anything we're doing either. That creates challenges. Um, so, but that's a huge area of potential for unlocking uh, who knows what kind of products, everything from a coffee lid to a bottle, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, we, we believe Pulpec could be used to make bottles in the future. Um, so, you know, there's that, there's raw materials as well, right? We're using raw materials that we know work well today, but maybe aren't totally optimized from a cost or even performance standpoint. Uh, can we use waste stream materials to take out cost, improve the sustainability messaging even further, right? There's yeah. a there's so much we can do. Uh, the real issue is finding time and resources to do all that other work, right? So, I, I think the future is, is very bright and exciting. It's just again trying to stay focused on we have to get out there in the market right. first um, before we can get to those things. Well, I think you know I I think that there's an appetite for fiber-based packaging for sure, right? It, some of that is consumer-driven, at least in the US, you've got uh, some, some uh, governmental agencies, the state of California, for example, that is applying sort of that top-down pressure. Consumers are creating the pressure from a, a poll standpoint that's going on a brand. So I think there's, a, there's a, an environment that is ready for cost-effective, uh, low-impact, molded fiber, right? It, it's certainly in the US and in the EU. And 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 so I I don't I don't think for a second that this is gonna not land with consumers. Um so that that's kind of where my questions were coming from is like, 
yes, I think that there's there's already I hear it all the time. I see it all the time. Um, there the the like I said, the legislation is going down. So it's exciting to 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 not only talk about the kind of the the current state and sort of the immediate current state called the next year or so when we can start to get this. And, and by the way, Tyler, you're saying that this technology, these products will be manufactured in North America to be bought and used by North American based companies. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Because that is one key factor, so we say, also talking about what's important here, uh, also looking at the LCA analysis as we talked about previously, to make sure, because today we're quite cautious to make sure that we would like to know wh where is my meat from. I mean, I would like to have every everything locally produced and that the same thing should go for the salad bowl that I'm eating my salads and my meat from, uh, basically. So that, that is also something, uh, as we have looked at, as an important to make sure that and this technology actually makes sure that you can, it's uh, cost beneficial to have it locally produ produced. Yeah. Basically, just uh, we see that from a lot of our clients and the leads that we are getting is from, they are producing in plastic today, and that is more or less locally produced. But mm -hmm. now they need to do something else. And, and they have the resources, they have the people, they, ha they have the knowledge of uh, producing high volume parts. Yep. Yeah. It, it, even like I mentioned when I was in the facility over in, in China, I just kept thinking, so we're going to make these rigid things and they're light, right? So there's not a ton of weight to the, the freight to get it over there. But I'm like, how how is this, you know, this process is, is a little interesting to watch uh, and it seemed to lack a, a certain level of humanity in some cases. And then, you know, we're going to load these things up onto multiple freighters. We're going to put these on the ocean. It's going to use a bunch of fuel. It's going to go across the ocean. It's going to, and I was like, there's got to be, there, there's got to be a better way to accomplish this. And so I, I got really excited when I heard about it. I think I first, uh, Tyler, when I met Jared uh, Spencer and we were chatting about it, I was like, wait, what? this is real like this could actually happen he's like no no it's happening i was like oh man that's great and hopefully by the way people who are listening to this are having a similar kind of reaction that i did right um that hey this is this is available in certain markets it's coming to north america by the way sana could could people in north america over the next few months if they wanted to partner with somebody over in the eu i know we just talked about the freight and all that stuff but if they wanted to at least get samples maybe do a trial run uh, could they work with a partner in the EU, bring them over, do all their testing so that once it's up and running in North America, they could order them locally? Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah exactly. I would say that is also one of our big work stream here from a Polpak side. I mean, we have a big tech center here in Gothenburg where we are basically doing this to our um, uh, customers to make sure that they can start. I mean, we can do everything from the first sample uh, um, sample production until a full pre-series um, uh, full production, basically in our tech center. And this is to help. We also, of course, have uh, I mean leads uh, that we can put in front of uh, the existing uh, converters that we have or licensees. 
So there are a lot of possibilities and uh, we are basically here then from Pulpark side to help to make sure that we can scale this as fast as possible and to make sure that we can pursue as many as possible to start with this uh, technology. I love it. Well, how about this then? We're kind of wrapping up here on the interview. So and this is probably a great place to stop. Uh, Tyler, for the brands here in the US or the converters even here in the US, how do they how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to say like, I we know we need it, we know we want it, we wanna help to bring this over as fast as possible, accelerate that year timeline, whatever it might be. Uh, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, so a variety of ways. So they can visit our website at theseismicgroup.com. Uh, that'll have a link to the Seismic Solutions page and, and to my contact information. You can also reach me at uh, my email address, Tyler Bryceath at theseismicgroup.com, T-Y-L-E-R-B-R-I-E-S-A-T-H. Um, otherwise, our contact information can also be found on Pulpac's website. So uh, that also may be an easy route to, to get to me. Okay. Great. And uh, Sana, similar question to you uh, for those who are like, you know what? I don't like that Tyler guy. I want to go direct <laughs> to the source. I want to know enough. exactly. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so it's the same thing. I mean, visit pullpack.com uh, and you will find all the contact information, both to uh, me and to our uh, general in info address. And we are taking care of all the leads that we're getting through this, uh, those channels. Very good. So, and that's it's P U L P A C dot com uh, in case you missed it at the beginning. Well, Tyler and Sana, I am I'm super appreciative, not only for your time, but more importantly, for the innovation, uh, for really, you know, the inspiration uh, that, that you're bringing into this industry to allow brands and converters to uh, to to think to think big, I love that you're you're hitting multiple different bottom lines, sustainability bottom line, the revenue bottom line, uh, you know, the marketing segment for for brand growth. I think it's you're you're really covering over so many different areas when it comes to what what businesses are really looking to accomplish with sustainability. And and I'm 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 excited for the day when I get to to say to someone, I knew I knew them I knew them <laughs> way back then. I knew them when they were young. It's like uh, it's like that <laughs> band, right? I saw that band in a bar, and now look at them. They're they're. Well, uh, we'll, we'll they're do our best not not to let you down. But yeah, we, we're yeah. we're extremely excited as well. And I mean, again, uh, Pull Pack is going to look completely different a year from now and five years from now than what we do today. So it's we're at Seismic super happy to be on the journey as well. Uh, and there's there's plenty more to come. Very good. It is. Yeah, and thank you so much for having us. Yeah, definitely. Really appreciate it. Well, everyone go to the pollpack.com. Tyler, Sana, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank Thanks. you. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.